Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting-edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. And I think you'll really enjoy this show. This is another show where I'm interviewed by my friend, Amy Schuber. And I don't know what it is about Amy, but there's something about her that just draws me out into some really intense powerful and valuable conversations. In this one, we go really wide and we go really deep. We touch on a wide variety of topics, uh, too numerous to mention here, although I do mention them in the show notes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerful interview with myself and Amy Schuber. Hi, this is Amy Schuber, and I am going to be your guest host today for Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. And of course, I'm so honored to be here with Dr. David Kamnitzer. Hello, Dr. David. Hi, Amy. How are you doing today? I am really excited. You know, we just came through this kind of portal that ended on August the 8th. And uh, what is today? Is today like the the ninth or the tenth? The tenth. Yeah, and uh, I'm feeling like a lot of things have been cleared away, both personally and collectively, and it feels like there's a lot of open space to create. So I'm, I'm very excited today. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you some stuff about that because that's I'm curious about that. But before I do, I wanted to give an update to your audience about me and where I've come out of from episode 19. As we all know, we had basically a coaching session with me. And I wanted to just give a little update about me making peace with peace, that question you had left me with. And really, I think I'm still marinating on all of it. I feel like after that conversation, my maybe it was my ego. Well, I know it was my ego was just sort of blown up. And, um, I think I was just, and I still am adjusting to all of that was said. And not that I'm trying to understand it. I'm really allowing it to be. Um, but I'm noticing how, how attached and connected I am to so many things. And so making peace with peace is, uh, really a daily practice, even though there's nothing to do, I know it's just reminding myself about that. So it's sort of where I'm at. Um, I'll probably have more to say about it another time because I feel like it's still real fresh. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Uh, I would just encourage you to continue to be with it as a possibility and look and see what you see and feel what you feel from, from it as a possibility, not trying to make it be so or not trying to believe it or disbelieve it, but just continue to practice being with this as a possibility. And I appreciate your honesty on on the update and following up with your promise to 
to my listeners. So thanks so much, Amy. Absolutely. And thank you for, you know, holding that space for me and uh, being in the conversation with me. It was really, uh, it was really great. So thank you. Um, so with that said, I'm so curious about your work and getting a little bit deeper into what you're excited about, what's going on for you. And it's so interesting. I was hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, 888 over the weekend. And I'm curious when you're talking about like releasing in this energetic release, what's going on with that? Because there's more stuff to come in front of us as well. Sure. Well, I can just share my sense of it. You know, everything in the manifest worlds are is rhythmic you know nothing nothing in real life really happens in a straight line and so life you could look at life in different ways but um, if you're in tune with the natural balance and flow of life you could realize that one way to describe life or true motion would be a rhythmic balanced interchange so you know rhythm you know we know about rhythm from music rhythm balance we have a sense of when something is in balance when something is just when something is sound when something is right as opposed to when something is out of balance and then interchange the exchange the exchange of energy and information and love and caring between beings and so we could look at life as rhythmic balanced interchange and uh, then we understand that equilibrium isn't something the way the ego would think of it as some static state of perfection but dynamic equilibrium is in constant flux and flow but the miracle is is that there's a zero point there's uh there's an infinity there's a zero point that uh, allows for all of this and uh, and imbues all of this without getting caught up in it. So um, I think it's important as we're looking at life to see if we can at least be open to the possibility of that zero point perspective, but not in a way that it um, abstracts us away from life, but in a way that it enriches life. But if we look at life as we know it, um, things come in waves, things, things come in cycles. We have individual cycles in our lives and we have collective cycles. And uh, my sense is, is that for a period of several weeks there, we were going through a very intense phase where humanity was being exposed to uh, kind of a quantum release of a very high level of energy and information. And of course, Whenever you're around something like that, like you were talking about your response to our last conversation, whenever you're around that kind of intense high energy, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it amplifies love, it amplifies life, but at the same time, it exposes or brings to the surface a lot of things that need to be uh, realigned or released in order to allow life to continue to unfold. And so we go through these periods of intense cleansing, and then there's kind of a settling out period, and, a set, and, and we kind of have a sense of 
of, of who we are in a new way and some new possibilities. And it can take a little while for the dust to settle and to be able to really get some perspective on what happened and what we're becoming. And so I had this feeling that we have just come out of one of these very intense, hot, fiery type periods. And now we're moving more into a space of where it's easier to create, where there's a, a natural flow going in that direction. And uh, that's about all I can say about it, unless you have a, a comment or a follow-up question. No, I think that's interesting because I feel that really resonates with me and maybe how, as I've been adjusting and changing and creating and releasing a lot of things, that really makes a lot of sense to me because it feels intense, but it doesn't always feel like my intensity, even though it, like you said, it has this intensity to it. Uh, so it, it, it feels right in alignment with um, what I've been recognizing and maybe I'm sure some of the listeners as well. So I'm wondering about when this kind of stuff is happening, I imagine it impacts the work you're doing or the people coming to you to work with you because they're going through stuff and this things like this might be factors in how we are uh, moving through and processing through our lives. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about, you know, what you're up to in your work and what you're excited about and how, you know, that falls into this time and place. Well, just in terms of uh, how my work is shifting and, and flowing with this new space, what I've noticed is that there's an increased um, compression to the work. In other words, things that maybe used to take eight hours of work with a with a client or a patient now might take three hours. Wow. So I would say that's one of the things I'm really noticing. Uh, another thing that I'm noticing is a lot of relationship issues, intimate relationship issues are really coming up to the surface for people to deal with. I, I do couples coaching with people if I'm all, also doing individual work with them. And there was definitely an increase in the number of couples coaching sessions over the last couple of months. So that's something that I noticed. And um, I think we'll get into this later, but one of the things that I'm finding is that with the new frequencies that are on the planet, it's possible and desirable to do work with people that's a combination of individual work and group work that there are certain aspects of the work that are easier for people to connect with in an aligned group, and also the increasing importance of the power and importance of, um, of true community as part of life and as part of the healing process. So um, in terms of building on the, some of those seed ideas, in terms of what I'm really excited about these days, well, there's so many things that we could talk for hours and hours about mm -hmm. things I'm so excited about. But one of the things I'm really excited about is 
is taking advantage of the power of group work, especially when I'm also doing work with people individually. And I'm also really excited about combining into a, uh, a group uh, context the two main aspects of my work. So as you know, you were kind enough to interview me a couple of times on your podcast, and people can go back and find that. You can give your contact information later. Is There's really two aspects to my work in terms of how to describe it. In reality, they really form a synthesis, but in terms of describing it so that people can relate to it uh, more deeply. One aspect of my work is the ontological coaching work, which was on display in our last conversation in episode number 19 of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. And that's all about, that's really about freeing the soul. That's really about deep ontological work so that the soul um, disencumbers itself from limited identities and attachments and can heal from trauma so that the consciousness is free at the soul level. And then the whole other aspect of my work, which has to do with uh, the most powerful approaches that I've found in natural healing, that is very much focused on healing the physical and energetic bodies. And, you know, the soul has a different intelligence than the intelligence of the body. The, the body's intelligence is sometimes called um, the body diva. And um, the body diva has an intelligence about physicalness and about physicality that um, is very profound. And it really complements the broader perspective of the soul. And one of the things that makes the new spirituality new, as opposed to the way spirituality was practiced um, hundreds and thousands of years ago on this planet, is that for many, many years, uh, spiritual seekers and students were taught to take like 98% of their energy and their focus out of the body and up out the top of their head so that they could access some of these higher levels of being, some of these higher levels of the soul. And uh, the teacher or maybe some assistants would help to anchor the physical body of the student so that the student didn't die. And students had to live in very structured communities, uh, divorced from normal social and householder obligations because the access route to these higher frequencies was so difficult to access and almost impossible um, to stay in the body and to anchor these dimensions as an individual human being onto the earth plane. <clears throat> and... Um, one of the reasons that Jesus or Yeshua came to the planet was to uh, was to live a certain possibility to anchor these frequencies into a human being and into the earth so that a new spirituality was possible 
where you could be a human being in a body on planet Earth and still um, have the possibility of self-realization. And so because of all the pollutants in our environment, the terrible topsoil and on and on and on, man's relationship with the diva kingdom and the body diva has been uh, really ruptured at a pretty high level. And, uh, you know, there's been a, a kind of a distrust between the human kingdom and the David kingdom, uh, understandably so. And yet you have these pockets of demonstration of what can happen when the human kingdom and the David kingdom work together consciously. For example, there is a community um, in Scotland, I believe, called Findhorn, which all going all the way back to the late 60s and early 70s, they had a very respectful, loving relationship between the David kingdom and the human kingdom. And they demonstrated incredible results in terms of the robustness and the health and the size of the fruits and vegetables that were grown on their land. And so, you know, part of the healing that's happening here, the possibility here is an increased level of healing, not only at the soul level, but healing between the soul and the, 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 the diva kingdom, the body, the elements. Um, and uh, this is what really makes the new spirituality new, is this, you know, if you were to talk about it in traditional religious terminology, this redemption of matter, this purification of matter and energy so that the soul can express more fully and completely in a human physical body on a physical planet. And uh, so a lot of my work focuses on the purification and the strengthening and the integrity of the physical and energetic bodies. And uh, I think what's unique about my work, or one of the things that's unique, is that I do both of these. I, I work for people that are interested, I work both on the soul level and also on this more physical, etheric kind of level in a way that um, that there's a unity there. So I'm just describing it. I'm describing it as two different things, but it's really aspects of a, of a unity, of a greater oneness. But it it's much more confrontable in many ways if you break it down. And so one of the things I'm really excited about is combining this synthesis of soul level healing work and working on the physical etheric level with this uh, increased capacity of compression, of being able to do work with people in a shorter period of time and to be able to do a lot of it in a group setting and to even have the group actually enhance what's happening because there's a group life and a group consciousness and a group alignment. So, and also it's more affordable financially for people to do things in a group. So, you know, my vision is for people eventually to come see me individually from time to time, but to be able to do a lot of the work on their own and to be able to do a lot of their work in group settings, which again are much more affordable and in some ways have a special kind of power. So in order to move in that direction, 
I'm having another event coming up. Uh, I did one last year and I'm feeling really strongly that I want to do a lot of them over the next two or three years all over the world. And uh, right now as we speak, there's actually one space left in the next one. So um, I'll talk about it and we can talk about uh, people can request to participate. And if it's full by the time people hear this, we can create a waiting list or maybe schedule a second one. But what I'm doing is I'm doing something called healing and awakening days. And here's the basic structure because it embodies a lot of what I'm talking about here. Somebody in a community who has an appropriate location, like either a large house or a clubhouse or something like that that could comfortably hold 20 people for a day, offers to host one of these events. And it's an all-day event. Uh, I'm thinking that they'll usually be on a Saturday from 9 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And it includes basically three parts. There's like a there's like a first half, and then there's like a potluck lunch, and then there's like a second half. And uh, the first half is more focused on soul level healing and setting a tone of truth and love for what is happening, an empowered context for what is happening, and a deepening process so that the so that the level of being and the quality of listening and speaking really goes to a whole other level. And then there'll be a potluck lunch where people can get to know each other and I'll have some suggested uh, structure exercises that people can do so that it doesn't just evolve into a regular social time, but that it, it, it continues to hold and further the energy and the building of community. And then the afternoon will be more focused on the formal healing work. And uh, I did one of these last year and it was exceedingly powerful. And uh, so I'm really being moved to do more of these. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some people that will want to do more work, um, either with me privately one-on-one -on -one, or I usually do like once every year or so, I do a, a, a three-day intensive for people that want to really go all the way down the rabbit hole. But I'm really excited about these healing and awakening days, um, also there by donation, so that no one is turned away due to lack of monetary assets. And so this is embodying a lot of things that are, are very important to me, and that is uh, unlimited access for anyone who's sincerely interested, the blending of the soul level work with the more physical and etheric work and um, having this in people's homes where we anchor it into the community and also taking advantage of the power of aligned group energy and consciousness and group life because I think more and more um, as the frequencies get higher on the planet, more more of the healings will happen in the context of group rituals. So I'm really excited about this, and uh, I know I took a long time to answer that question, but I wanted to lay it all out there so that you could respond and we could take the conversation in whatever directions you're moved to take it. Well, there's so much that you're saying and sharing that 
I could go so many different directions. Um, but I want to take it back to when you're talking about when somebody maybe will come to you for purification of body, of their body. And that's what you're saying is the etherical uh, healing. Is that, am I getting that right? Well, it's a little oversimplified because the etheric body is affected by many things. It's affected by the soul. It's affected by our thoughts, by our emotions, but <clears throat> it's also affected by the etheric energy around us, and it's also affected by the physical body. So it's a little more complicated than, mm -hmm. than this simplistic model, but definitely there are physical factors and etheric factors that affect the etheric body, but there's also um, factors from other dimensions that affect the etheric body. So it's kind of like a final common pathway. But one of the things I've found is that there are a lot of people that have done a lot of soul level work, a lot of work on thoughts, a lot of work on emotions, who still have really very, very out of balance physical and etheric bodies. And so there's a lot that needs to be addressed on that level, particularly and specifically, especially now, you know, with the combination of the terrible food, the increased pollution, the lousy topsoil, the GMOs, the, uh, the heavy metal toxicities, uh, 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 parasite energies are really rampant these days and I find that they're correlated a lot with all sorts of autoimmune problems and it, I could go on and on and on so my point is there's a lot of people that have done a lot of inner work that can't get past a certain point they can't embody it it you know it's kind of like what we were talking about in episode 19 sometimes people just get to a certain point you know and they can think about it they can believe it they can conceptually buy into it they can have they can have an affinity for it, but there's something that's blocking the embodiment of it, and sometimes it's a soul level issue, something, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the soul is willing, but the but the divine marriage between body and soul just can't happen because the body is too messed up. Either the body's too toxic or the body doesn't have what it needs or a cell has lost its access to remembering what its unique function is. And uh, these are things that a lot of times are not talked about on the spiritual path because it really wasn't part of traditional spirituality, partly because of the reasons I mentioned um, and partly because in the past, there wasn't as much pollution and there wasn't as much toxicity and the soil was better and all of that stuff. So um, does this help to uh, give you a deeper picture of, of, of the fact that it's not so cut and dry? Oh, yes, absolutely. And so what I'm trying to, of course, understand is what that looks like is someone might have been doing some of the work um, like we had been talking about and you're saying it's not being maybe embodied. So for the person that's having the experience, would it look like they're cycling into the same patterns over and over and they have a feeling of stuckness that they're just not understanding because they feel like they've been 
doing the work or the practice in their spirituality. Yeah, and sometimes the blockage is on a ontological level, which they haven't gotten to yet, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it can be a biochemical issue. Sometimes it can be a, um, a structural issue. There can be vertebra out of place. There can be cranial bones that aren't moving properly. There can be ankles that are stuck, uh, bones in the foot that are stuck. You know, people don't think about bones this way, but bones are really living crystals. Mm. And uh, so there's there's a lot going on there. And uh, and then, of course, there are etheric factors. There, there are subtle factors, electromagnetic field factors, you know, being around Bluetooth and wireless all the time and uh, and then there's exposure to fluorescent lighting, and then there's uh, toxins in our home and personal care products, and then there's GMOs, and then there are deficiencies of certain nutrients. Uh, in, uh, there's heavy metal toxicity. I mean, I see all the time in my practice people with essential fatty acid deficiencies, and if you have essential fatty acid deficiencies, it's impossible to have optimal cell-to-cell -cell communication. And so this has become so commonplace, and we have these huge blind spots. And somehow we think that we can uh, master human life, you know, just by doing, by just focusing on some dimensions of what it means to be human. But sometimes that works, but a lot of times it doesn't work. And uh, a lot of times when it doesn't work, we make up stories like, oh, I guess there's something wrong with me, or this is really hard, or the spiritual path is just too tough for me, or maybe this just isn't my lifetime to awaken. And we start to make up all sorts of stories when maybe we just haven't had a complete map of the territory and we haven't had approaches that work um, in these different levels and then work together. So are you saying by the work that you do and someone engaging with you, mm -hmm. they receive um, basically a map of what's going on with them and how they can, um, I don't know the language, help themselves or have the discovery or purification? No, it's, um, more, it's more like my work is informed mm -hmm. by these distinctions. You know, people don't need to have these distinctions memorized, uh, but my work is informed by these distinctions, and therefore it has a certain power that uh, if someone is sincerely open to receiving, uh, it's very common for people who've been to many, many other healers and many, many other teachers and guides and coaches that have gotten to a certain level and are at a plateau. It's very, very common for someone to spend anywhere between a few to 20 or 30 hours with me over a period of time and um, just have a complete breaking open to a whole new level of life experience. And there's a structure to the magic. There's a method to the madness, so to speak. And a lot of what I'm talking about with you is to try to give you some linguistic distinction, some place to stand 
so that as we're talking, it doesn't seem so mysterious. It doesn't seem like magic so much, but it's just the conscious application of certain understandings. Yeah, and you're, I appreciate it because it does make a lot more sense to me. But for me personally, I feel like I have a knowing of exactly what you're talking about, even though I don't, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I feel like it's resonating with me because I, I understand it on a level that I'm not sure why I understand it. But when you talk about like a plateau and people maybe doing the work up until they plateau and then this is the next step, that seems, that seems, that resonates a lot with me. Well, you know, that's why I took the mantle of the cutting edge doc. Because that happens so much of the time for me. People seem to find me when, when their soul is ready to make a deeper level of commitment to realization. And they're at some kind of a plateau that just seems to happen over and over and over again. You know, I'm, I'm not here for everybody. I'm kind of like a healer's healer or I'm kind of like a teacher's teacher. And so, you know, I'm never going to be like on Oprah or I'm never going to be like in the Reader's Digest. I, I'm really there to empower the empowerers. And uh, those are the people that are really can make the best use of me. And those are the people that I really enjoy working with the most. And I think my mission in this lifetime is best um, is best traveled by focusing on having my impact in that particular channel, so to speak. And as you, I mean, you are really unique. I'm not sure how many people are like you creating and doing this work right now on the planet. I don't know anybody that is doing consciously this synthesis that we're talking about. So how did you come to this conclusion about this synthesis that it's like what's next for people and, and in your work was it is it was it obvious to you well i mean to answer that question we'd be here for days <laughs> i mean i mean the the journey to get to the point where i had enough objectivity to deeply know what my mission was in this lifetime and then to be able to speak it and language it and embody it with the level of consciousness that I do now to, to, to get into that, you know, to tell that story in ways that would be powerful and meaningful. We don't have time for, so maybe you could ask me, maybe you could bite size that one down a little bit. Hmm. Well, Maybe as you're doing this work now and you're seeing how it's impacting people, how is it that you want to move forward? I hear what you're saying about the journey. Maybe that's a whole other conversation that your listeners might be really interested in because I find myself interested in it. Um, but as of current, your current state, have you have this synthesis in this work? Um, what is the impact that you're seeing in that really keeps you committed to it? I see the miracles every day. I see the miracles every day in private practice. 
So what does a miracle look like to you? I would love for people to just hear what maybe some of the results people are having or what's happening for people so they can understand what it might be for them, knowing it's completely individual and unique for everybody. I'll give you a couple. I'll give you a couple of stories. Okay. Um, and then again, feel free to take it wherever you like. So, um, I saw a patient for the first time about two months ago, and uh, she'd been given a label as a child of Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease where the body ends up attacking it's the thyroid, and you get uh, aberrant thyroid function. And uh, the in the medical model, there's really no way to heal that. It's just managed in different ways. And uh, I make no claims, medical claims, to diagnose it or to treat it. However, I do, uh, I do analyze energies, and she certainly did have the energies, the energy of that situation. And uh, I have found from clinical experience, although I didn't presume it to be true, in my I, I checked it out through my. MFT analysis, but very often there's a uh, parasite energy that's associated with this, and very often there can also be heavy metal issues as well. Of course, it can be many, 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 many other things. But in this case, through my MFT analysis, we analyzed and did discover a particular parasite energy. And again, we don't treat the parasite, we treat the energy, and very often people um, find that things they've been dealing with clear up just because healing is happening at a very deep level. And so, you know, this woman, you know, she's in her whatever, 40s, and she's been to many, 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 many other doctors. And, you know, no one ever, ever, ever had talked to her about the possible correlation between parasite energies and any of her symptoms. And through my work, we were able to identify it and treat the energy. And in just a matter of weeks, there's a robustness and an aliveness and a balance and a hopefulness and an alacrity and a curiosity and a zest for living that is just so wonderful to see. And and I don't take credit for it. You know, it's not me. It's just the combination of life itself and love and the mentors I've had and my dedication to the work. And that's one example on the, that is more kind of physical plane oriented. So that's kind of what keeps me going. You know, it's tough being a pioneer in some ways. So you got to have something that keeps you going. Yeah. And then uh, another example might be uh, that's on a little more of a soul level. Um. I'm thinking about a couples session, coaching session that I had last week where uh, these two young people in their 30, early 30s really loved each other, but they were into some really dysfunctional ways of being and communicating with each other that, you know, is pretty obvious was going to trash their relationship or really limit it. And they'd been to therapy, blah, 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 blah. And it really wasn't getting to the deep ontological levels that needed to be gotten to. And, you know, we've had a couple of hour and a half 
um, ontologically based couples coaching sessions. And um, there's some really deep things going on there, some really deep changes of heart and uh, increased compassion and forgiveness that just wasn't accessed through traditional um, psychotherapy or couples counseling. So it's these kinds of things. It's these kinds of things that keep me going. Plus, um, the increased level of aliveness and clarity and love and peace that I experience in my own life as I continue um, to unfold my own soul as well. Um, the, um, the joy of that and wanting to share that. You know, my, my goal is to give it all away. Mm. You know, I, you can't take it with you in that sense. And, uh, you know, there's a line in the Course in Miracles that says to have all, give all to all. And so if you give with wisdom, if you give where someone is ready to receive, that's a beautiful thing. And so I'm constantly looking for ways to leverage technology like we're doing right here, to leverage group consciousness, to leverage the best techniques and products so that I can have the maximum impact. And, uh, and I seem to be focused more and more on wanting to connect with and empower people that are um, very often in the millennial generation or maybe the or maybe the generation after that like your generation as i get older i'm 59 years old now i'm going through my second saturn return myself this year so a lot of things are shifting for me in terms of those rhythms we talked about i'm finding that i'm being guided more and more to spend time with and empower people like yourself and people that are a little younger than you that will be able to reach people that I won't be able to reach because you have your unique destiny. And, um, you know, that's one of the reasons that uh, uh, I'm really glad to be able to be serving you and people like you. And of course, the podcast is an incredibly powerful way to get all of this uh, historically recorded and into the public domain so mm -hmm. that younger people as they mature people like yourself as you continue to mature you'll have these podcasts that you can go back to as source material so that's like a partial answer to your question yeah um well i love what you're saying about um how giving with wisdom and all the possibilities that you yourself are taking on to share what your work and uh, the information, especially like via this podcast, as we know, podcasting has been around, but it's also getting bigger and having this information out there uh, for anybody to access. Um, it's you know, really, you know, Amy, it's not just information. There's also a certain energy there's a certain state of consciousness. There's a certain love vibration that's being transmitted through these podcasts that's being anchored into the collective. And so, you know, sometimes I think we live in such a digital world that we deify information. We think we just need more information. But I think sometimes people have too much information. Yeah. It's not always so much about information, although information 
can be very skillfully used. It's really not the essence of who I am, and it's not really the essence of my work. And maybe part of the challenge you've had in terms of penetrating the essence of my work is that you've been looking for more information. Hmm. Um, possibly. <laughs> so when you say something like that to me, and I don't know if the listeners, you know, uh, if it resonates, that it's the the mere conversation and the vibration of what's transmuted here versus what our minds take in to process and do something with. Yeah, I mean, you really have to listen with your whole body with your whole being and your heart, you know, you could be around, uh, you could be around Jesus. You could be around the most realized being in the history of the known universe. And if you're trying to just get information, you're going to miss the, the grace. You're going to miss, you're going to miss it, mm -hmm. you know, because, um, because the, the thinking mind just cannot capture life. It just cannot capture love in its totality. The thinking mind is a tool, and it's a wonderful servant, and it's a terrible master. But it would be like having a chest of drawers. And um, imagine if there were, like, all these drawers, but you were hypnotized and you could only see one drawer. And so you kept looking in that drawer for more and more of whatever you were looking for, but maybe it's not in that drawer. Maybe there are other drawers that you don't know that you don't know about. And, yeah. and my work, the essence of my work, doesn't really exist in the thinking mind, although I use the thinking mind and I use language as a tool that really isn't what is happening. What's really happening is happening much more in the sacred heart. It's what's happening is really happening much more on a vibrational level of DNA activation and soul awakening. And so if you're hypnotized into this one drawer called the thinking mind, you're, you're going to limit or one would limit their ability to consciously participate and really grok the essence of who I am and what my work is. Like, do you find yourself as we're being in conversation? Do you find yourself shifting gears a little bit? What 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 is going on for you? <laughs> well, for me, I my thinking mind has a real big hold on me. So there's something about me that wants to um, hear and process and, and ask smart intellectual questions so people get the essence um, and information because that's where I'm at. However, as you're speaking right now, I am present to what you're saying and um, and letting it you know go deeper. And, and there's a moment where I feel like I'm letting go of my mind, but yet holding on because I want to make sure I say the right thing at the right time, you know, to be in the context of this conversation. So I'm, I'm in this, I don't know what you call it, you know, I guess, it feels like I guess, a war going on for me. 
I get it. So I have a like a suggestion for you if you would like one. Sure. What if the heart had its own amazing intelligence? And I know it does. So it's trusting that? Yeah, like when Plato talked about reason, mm -hmm. he wasn't talking about what we think of today as the thinking mind. Hmm. He was pointing at uh, a certain natural brilliance of being that's expressed through a, an open heart. Imagine if the heart had its own infinite intelligence. Yeah. And what if you are that? What if that is an aspect of who you really are? That even if your thoughts come and go, or your paradigms, or your concepts, or your opinions come and go, what if there's this fundamental selfness that is this sacred heart that has this natural intelligence that you can become more intimate with and embody more and more that will activate your thinking mind when that's appropriate and will release your thinking mind when that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't sound like some kind of basket case, do I? <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm able to access the part of my brain and the part of my mind that can speak and can think and can conceptualize and can imagine things without that being who I am, without being a prisoner of that aspect, without being a prisoner of that tool, if you will. Hmm. And the more you try to fit yourself into that thinking mind, the more you're going to suffer. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm definitely experiencing that because even, you know, as you're saying this, it's like figuring it, how do I figure it out? And that's where my head is, you know, it's like. What if you didn't have to figure it out? <laughs> right. No, no, really. I don't, don't just slough that off. I mean. Let that into your heart. What if you really didn't have to figure it out? What if you just gave up having to do that? What if what if that was another have to? What if that was another Amy have to that you were willing to put on the shelf for a while? I mean, I'm not here in this conversation trying to figure things out. Hmm. But I'm also learning from you in this conversation as you're sharing your wisdom. Yeah. And as we're in this conversation for because for me, a lot of what you're saying is new and I'm, you know, the curiosity of it because it's interesting to me. And 
maybe I'm that person at that plateau looking for, you know, what what I can do. <laughs> and I hear myself as I'm saying all these. Yeah. This, I mean, but, I, I'm I'm learning, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm learning, too. I've never had this conversation before. I've never described my work this way before. There's never been this moment before. But I'm not trying to figure out the next thing to say. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to being present with you and to being open to the possibilities that life is presenting in this moment. What if you really didn't have to figure it out? I don't know. <laughs> that's a good that's a great place to be. Right. Knowing you don't know. If you can make it okay that you know you don't know, knowing you don't know is one of the most powerful places to be. In fact, one of my main teachers taught me that the gates of truth are guarded by confusion and paradox. Right. That as we approach truth in our consciousness and we come up against the limitations of our thinking mind, the way it occurs to us is we have confusion and we, we sense paradoxes. But, in, but that's just a function of the, of the thinking mind. See, if uh, in real life, everything just is what it is. So in real life, there is no confusion and there is no paradox. Everything just is what it is. But if we are that we are our thinking mind and we start approaching truth that the thinking mind can't handle, we come up against confusion and paradox. And if we think that's a problem and we try to fight that or make that go away, it just locks us back into the vicious circle. But if we can be spacious and expansive and faithful and keep breathing and trusting, and just be with that confusion and be with that sense of paradox, we can transcend it and uh, continue on in our healing and in our, in our self-realization. Hmm. So is it when the confusion arises and we're identifying with that, we just, you're saying we just be with it, meaning you just, don't have the labels around it and you maybe just breathe into it? It's not so much identifying with it, although it could be. It could just be a judgment about confusion. Like somehow a, a judgment that confusion is bad or I have to make it go away. But you could just be confused. You could just have confusion. Mm. You could just have confusion. Hmm. What if you could just have confusion and not have it mean anything other than the fact that you're currently having confusion? What if it didn't mean you were stupid or anything was wrong or something terrible was going to happen? What if you could just have confusion when you're having confusion? There's probably a lot of freedom in that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you hedge your bets. 
Oh, oh you're funny. <laughs> you're so funny. So as you're, um, <laughs> so as you're um, continuing to produce this podcast and and create what you're creating through, you know, freeing the soul and freeing the body. What is um, what is it that you? like to share more of in this realm i'm not sure i get the question could you say it in a different way you know as you have this platform in your podcast um what is the impact that you'd like to make um through it well i think we've talked about the impact is i really want to continue empowering people to free their body and free their soul in terms of subject matters that we haven't yet covered yet that I'm excited about that I'm sure will be coming up in the near future is I've been doing a lot of research for several years into water. And um, there's so much more to water than we think there is about water. And um, water is so amazing. And Emoto's work gave us just a hint of what is going on there with water. But I'm in touch with some really brilliant people that are doing really cutting edge work that will um, allow people in a very affordable way to make sure that they have access to life-giving, life-promoting water. And so that's something that is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because, number one, that kind of water is really necessary for the smoothest, easiest DNA activation that's needed to happen for people to more fully embody their soul. And then also because we're having drought conditions here in California and in other places in the world. And, um, you know, financially things are difficult for many people, at least at the time of this recording. That could change dramatically in the near future, but in terms of current day realities, um, Good water can be very expensive today. And um, so water, water is a big thing that I'm sure is on the horizon. And then another thing we're going to get much more deeply into over the next few months is the breakthroughs that have happened in scientific and clinical research in the use of sound, the conscious use of sound, both for healing and for um for soul activation and self-realization. Those are a couple of areas that I'm really excited about. And then, uh, you know, I don't know the timing of it, but obviously uh, the current financial system, global financial system is completely broken on every level that you could think of that word. And it's unsustainable. We're already seeing what's happening in Greece. Puerto Rico now is next in line and uh, you know uh, Portugal, Italy, Spain is not far behind. Uh, America is broke and uh, this is an untenable position and uh, for anybody. I mean if there's no middle class anymore you even if you have all the technological capacity in the world, there's nobody to buy things anymore except the very wealthy. And then you need other people to do their bidding. So the whole thing is falling apart. And I think we're moving rapidly toward a 
enormous uh, earth-shattering shift in financial and economic systems that I think um, is going to be part of an incredible explosion and release of creative energy for human beings. And so I'm sure as that unfolds, I'll have a lot more to say about that. And um, I'll be speaking with people that are right on the cutting edge of what's going on there. I think uh, I think any intelligent person who wants to liberate the body and soul for people, you can't ignore the incredible financial calamity that we're currently experiencing. So I'm sure that's a big area that will come. I'm sure more and more we'll get into this issue of conscious community, the creation and cultivation and nourishing of conscious community more and more because as an entire civilization crumbles, if you're not part of a conscious community, it's going to be very, very difficult. So these are areas that I think are coming. And then uh, lastly, I would say that in terms of healthcare delivery, I think we need a completely different model and we need different systems and structures. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to establish a pilot um, kind of uh, showcase project of a community wellness center that really works and really gets the community involved and has accessibility for people that sincerely want and need it and provides educational and volunteer opportunities for many people in the community. And uh, this has been a vision of mine for many years. And uh, I continue to put it out to uh, the wealthy light workers out there that um, if anyone or combination of you would like to provide the seed money for this initial prototype wellness center, I will provide the sweat equity and we will document our process so that other communities around the world can benefit from what we've learned and take the best from what we've learned and then individualize it for their personal communities. But, um, you know, like we talked about the financial systems being completely dysfunctional. Well, the healthcare delivery system is completely dysfunctional in the United States as well. So these are some areas that I have a personal interest in and that I'm sure we'll be exploring a lot more. And, uh, I'm going to be quiet for a minute and just let you talk about what's happening for you here as you're listening and, and, and what, what's going on. Wow. I'm so actually impressed by um, the magnitude of what interests you and the impact it has on everybody, the planet, humanity. There's so much going on. As you're talking, I'm like, wow, there's so much shifting and changing and that's so connected to all of us and and they feel like there's a lot of fear that can be connected to all of that however with people like you creating community and opportunity and possibility to have a shift in consciousness in the midst of it it's it just seems perfect um, because, you know, there's a, an intensity to all of that. Are you familiar with the myth of the phoenix? No. So the myth of the phoenix is that out of the ashes of a crumbling reality, 
rises this bird called the phoenix. Oh, yes. And I think that's a very apt, um, a very apt story right now. Mm -hmm. A very apt myth. I think it's the best of times and I think it's the worst of times. And if your identity is tied up in these old systems that no longer work, whether they be external systems like financial systems and healthcare systems, or whether they be internal systems like personal philosophies and viewpoints and prejudices, mm -hmm. this is going to be the worst of times. But if you're sincerely willing to know truth and to know who you are and to be the love that you are, and you're looking for guidance and mentors, I think this will be the best of times because I think there will be more and more real teachers who feel safe and ready to make themselves known. Um, so, you know, one of my teachers said, you know, we're kind of moving into a world that's divided of like people who get it and people who don't get it. And the people who don't get it, it's really going to be a very hellish, calamitous type of an existence. But for people who do get it, or even people that are willing to get it, to make that shift from head to heart and to forgive and to um, to be the love that they are and to sincerely seek true knowledge and to share, it's going to be the best of times because the frequencies that will be on the planet, the technologies that will be released, the new financial systems, the new healthcare systems that will emerge, the new community structures and intentions, the new teachers that will feel safe to come out of the woodwork, the new technologies that will be able to be released without being co-opted. All of this will create an enormous vortex of creativity and possibility that we haven't seen on this planet for a very, very long time. Mm. And this is why you say conscious community is so important to be connected with. Yes, because an entire civilization is breaking down. An, an entire... See, many people in the United States are very ignorant of history. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to be manipulated or to repeat history if you're ignorant of history. And it's by design that American children are pretty ignorant of history. Um, but that's another story. But if you have knowledge of history, you understand that we're at the end of a long cycle of a patri overly patriarchal, dominated, masculine energy dominated culture that no longer serves life and no longer honors love and serves the living. And this pervades everything. And so unless you have a sense of who you are that isn't a function of this culture that's breaking down, this process is going to be very, very scary and very, very disorienting. But if you have a sense of yourself, we talked about that zero point, that hub of the wheel. If you have a sense of yourself, of this connection to the infinite, then you can kind of surf these waves, these rhythms that we were talking about and have it really be the best of times. Yeah, wow. And so the, 
the the best thing we can all do is is that uh, have that connection with ourselves and allowing uh, to recognize what maybe we're holding onto and releasing it with some grace. Right, but that's very difficult for most people. It's very difficult for most people to do on their own. There's yeah. maybe one out of ten thousand people that can do that completely on their own. Like if you study the biographies of people that are really wise people, really at peace, really creative, you'll find that 99.99% of them had at least one major physical plane mentor and guide at some point in their life. It's very, very difficult to do this on your own. Yeah, and but the good news is we don't have to because we have teachers like you and, as you say, people who are going to be coming forward as well um, on another level to be holding space and, and being the teachers and leaders in this time. Although it's tricky business because there's a lot of false and partial teachers that come, some of them well-meaning, some of them more nefarious, that will take advantage of the um, of the lack of um, maturity, of lack of soul maturity of people, or will prey on people's fears and sort of be like mercenaries, kind of preying on people that want overly simplistic solutions. And so um, that's why I teach my students as we let go of judgment we want to increase discernment. Mm. But judgment comes from the thinking mind. And discernment is a level of intelligence that is a function of the sacred heart. Hmm. Wow. This conversation feels so timely and perfect in this moment, at least for me, and I'm sure for the listeners, as this goes out. Uh, could you to, say could you say more about that if you're willing um, to be vulnerable that way? If you're not, that's fine, no problem. But if you would be willing to speak personally as yourself, as Amy Schuber, about um, the timeliness of this conversation for you personally, um, I think that might be very useful for not only you but also for the listeners because they may be able to relate to you in ways they can't relate. To me yeah well for me i as i shared in episode 19 and as that conversation evolved i have been uh, in a practice and and looking for answers and uh creating some space and conscious community and connection with myself and hearing you say all these things about how uh things are changing and breaking down. I have a sense of that myself. I see it. I feel it. I'm also around people who buy into all of it and live in a hard space and the hard way. Like I recognize there's going to be some people around me that are going to fall hard because of their unwillingness to maybe see things in a more conscious way or willingness to do their own practice and, and connect with themselves. So hearing you share these things and your perspective allows me to feel 
like what I already know in my heart in a sense, which I can't give reasons for why I know it. It's just my knowing. And like you said, like that heart centered intelligence, I, I, it, it confirms something for me and, um, and it actually makes me feel good and better knowing that there's people out there uplifting, you know, the planet, uplifting the consciousness, creating community like you are, Dr. David, with your awakening day and wanting to do more and putting yourself out there with the information. Because like you said, there's not a lot of people maybe sharing it. I see it a lot more because I feel like I'm in communities that have that, but um, it is unique and it is an interesting time. And I just find comfort in what you're talking about because I, I have this knowing for myself of what's going on. And also, as people might have heard in the previous episode, number 19, that, you know, I have, I'm holding on to a whole lot of identity that I, I, I really have a willingness to release. And then yet I see how tightly I'm holding on. And that sort of blows me out of the water, you know, on some level at the level of work that I'm at right now without judgment, but just really having an awareness of myself in it. Um, so what do you think it is about what we're being here today? What is it about this conversation? What is it about this space that you think is allowing this movement that's occurring in you to occur in you that likely wouldn't have happened anyway if we hadn't been here today in this space together. Mm. I think it's uh, it's the energy of the space, the comfort of knowing and that connection with you. It's so hard to articulate. Uh, to speak from your heart. Yeah. Um, there's just a love and knowing this presence, you know, in, in this conversation that, uh, feels so very supportive to me personally. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really beautiful thing you're creating in these conversations with your podcast with freeing the soul, freeing the body, because isn't that what it's all about right now? It really resonates with me. And I'm so grateful, Dr. Kamnitzer, that you are are being who you are and putting this out in the world on such a um, a connected and, and grander scale because it's possible right now. So thank you so much. And also, I just want to add what you know, you'd like to share at the end to wrap up this conversation. It's crazy to me how fast the time goes in these conversations. Um, sure. So I would say two things are really present for me right now. One is uh, tremendous gratitude for you, Amy. As I mentioned before, the kind of teacher I am, the student draws me out. It's the consciousness and the readiness and the purity of the student that draws me out. And uh, you're drawing me out in ways that I think are really powerful and really useful for many, many people, not only for yourself. 
And so, um, you know, I want to salute you for that. And again, direct your attention to this quality you have of you're an intrepid soul and you have courage and you care. And there's nothing that takes the place of that. And you're ready to grow. And none of those have to do with the thinking mind. And so I want to keep directing your attention more back to that sacred heart place and encourage you to relax and breathe and become more intimate with that space because it really is um, an aspect of the real you. And then also, um, I just want to say to the listeners, if you're moved by this conversation and you'd like more contact with me, either to work individually or to access or host one of these healing and awakening days, or if you have a joint venture proposal, or if you're interested in possibly being a patron to provide some seed money for the Prototype Community Wellness Center, now's the time. I can't stress that enough. Now is the time. And you can reach me at Dr. David, that's D-R-D-A-V-I-D, D-R-D-A-V-I-D at CuttingEdgeDoc.com. And um, I'm really happy that we, uh, I'm really happy that we had this conversation. I can sense a deepening uh, awareness and, and peace in you. And I can kind of sense the listeners kind of going through a similar type of uh, type of thing. And so uh, let me leave it to you, Amy, to, cl- to close us out here for today. Mm, well, thank you so much for all the work that you do and being who you are. I'm so grateful. I know the listeners are grateful. And I appreciate everyone uh, tuning in and allowing me to be your host for the day. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll look forward to catching you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to CuttingEdgeDoc.com. That's CuttingEdgeDoc.com. Lastly, if you love today's show, you can support Dr. David, his work, and the show by going over to iTunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment. Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.